You're listening to The Local Maximum, episode 180. Time to expand your perspective. Welcome to The Local Maximum. Now, here's your host, Max Clark. Welcome, everyone. Welcome. You have reached another Local Maximum. Today, I will, I'm going to have a hard time getting my energy up, so please help me get my energy up today. It's been <laughs> raining for five days. I don't know. But as promised, we add extra, what is it, bling, fling, flare, flare to every, uh, every live recorded, not live recorded. In-studio recording. In-studio recording uh, with video of the Local Maximum. And today, of course, we have the Local ma- Maximum. <laughs> what is this? A little poster thingy? Um, the local logo? So, yes, yes. Unfortunately, it's only in my video. You could see, hopefully we'll switch to Aaron's video. Aaron, wave. You could see my hand right here. So, okay, we got that. Um, and so, yeah, let's, uh, let's get into it. I mean, I, I, I don't know what, <laughs> I don't know what to say. So let's get started. I, I, it sounds like a lot of wealthy people are looking uh, on at like what is going on in the world. And they're saying, you know what? I don't think I want to live on this planet anymore. So well, that's, let's that's an awfully out. pessimistic spin to <laughs> yeah. put on it. But, but yeah, this is, this is a, a very timely issue. So we're recording uh, on, on July 9th today. Right. Um, and on July 11th, uh, Richard Branson is scheduled to go into space. Uh, there may be an asterisk on that statement. Uh, and uh, I'm on... going to have to come in at the beginning if this doesn't work out and uh, <laughs> say, hey, we, we, t- we recorded this, but you know. But sorry, go ahead. Yeah, and and uh, what is it? Nine days later, on July twentieth, uh, Jeff Bezos is scheduled to go into space. So uh, it's it's a lot happening very quickly in the private space uh, sector. So I've been excited about this stuff for a long time. I covered it a little, covered stories like this uh, when I was on Yale Radio back in like two thousand four, two thousand five. But I'm just not an. I feel like I don't really have a good sense of how technology works when it comes to the space race, whether the, the private one or the public one. You might have a little bit more knowledge into this. I but was let's say, we, we, we talked before we started recording that this yeah. is going to be a short episode. So don't, don't open with such a, 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 a boundless question like that, because <laughs> we'll be here all day. Okay, Aaron, tell me everything you know. <laughs> uh, okay, so um, uh, let's, start with, uh, let's start with Branson. So that's Virgin Galactic. I always remember Virgin Galactic because, you know, you all hear about Virgin Galactic going into space. And I remember one time I was, uh, I was, I was traveling on, on, you know, I was going to the airport and, you know, I was trying to ask like, where do I go? And they were like, what, what, uh, you know, what airlines are you using? And I accidentally said Virgin Galactic. And they were like, <laughs> what are you going into space? I was like, oh no, uh, Atlantic. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I'm not, I'm only going to like Houston or something. I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to the moon. Uh, well, these guys aren't quite going to the moon either. So let's, yeah, uh, not yet. so, so, so where are these guys going? So, so these are going into, uh, not even low Earth orbit. They're they're for the most part they're not going uh, into orbit. They're they're going beyond an imaginary line. Uh, what is it? The 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 Kármán line. Uh, uh, I'm I'm sure I'm botching yeah. the pronunciation. Or, or they're saying they're not flying above the Kármán. Well, line. yeah, that, that's that's where some of the debate is. But okay. they're, they're going uh, just far enough into space that they can make the claim that they have gone into space. Uh, okay, and and that comes with an asterisk w- uh, along with it because. Uh, where does space begin uh, is not a, a clear binary issue. It is something that is determined legally, uh, m- much like uh, is a tomato a fruit or a vegetable. Right. So it's not like a question of, you know, where does the 
atmosphere end and the ocean begin, you know, on the ocean floor. That's kind of obvious probably within, you know, right. a, a few... Right, sea level uh, is pretty easy yeah. to define. This, Space this, level, less so. Yeah, it's not like the atmosphere just ends at some point. It's more gradual. Uh, but there are certain spa- places, if my, I know my science correctly, I'm going to expose so much ing- ignorance here. There are certain areas where the composition of the atmosphere, uh, you know, actually changes it's not that it's just gradually peters out as you go up there are certain layers to it is that am i correct uh, there, there is that? a layered nature but but even within that there are not hard dividing lines at right. certain certain altitudes okay uh, so there there is the the aforementioned uh carmen line uh which which is at 100 kilometers uh for for those of us in america that's about 62 miles above okay. sea level um that's that's what the international community recognizes as the beginning of space um, and and the altitude that you need to go to to get your your astronaut wings. Um, so what what happens at this line? Is there something specific that that changes when you go above this? No, you altitude? you literally crossed an imaginary line, and that's okay. that's, that's what happens. At, hmm. as as is hinted at by the fact that it's a nice convenient round number like a hundred kilometers. Okay. Um, the uh, the you know, in the United States the FAA has a slightly different uh, determination. They consider the beginning of space at fifty miles, and uh, it, that's that's the the level at which they award uh, crews astronaut wings. Um, so so it sounds like they're going above that, but just below Kalman Line. So Sorry, so uh, in the case of uh, Virgin Galactic, Kalman Line, I, I believe they are flying to over fifty, but they are not hitting the sixty-two mile line. Okay. Uh, whereas I, I believe that uh, Jeff Bezos, when he takes his flight, he he is going to be going above that that sixty two mile marker. Okay. Okay. Uh, so cool. so uh, you know. Uh, so this is you, th- you have to consider the source. Uh, right. But but an article we were looking at earlier. So this is still very close to the Earth. Like I mean, I mean, compared to the moon, absolutely. Compared to the moon, right? Uh, it's, well, what about compared to like where, like the International Space Station or something like that? Yeah, so I, I would have to double check where that is. That that is is definitely higher because that is in a a relatively stable orbit. Uh, the where they're going, uh, you 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 wouldn't be able to turn off the engines and stay there. Uh, if you okay. do nothing, you will re-enter. Um, okay. And okay. and I believe they're going to be doing a more in, intentional re-entry. They're not just going to be waiting for their orbit to decay, uh, but. Uh, they're they're still in enough atmosphere that uh, gravity and drag would bring them back down naturally one way or another. Right. So right. so this is this is very uh, analogous to some of the earliest uh, human spaceflight that was done by nation states. So, so they're still catching Yuri Gagarin up. and uh, what is it? Alan Shepard um, and I'm I'm blanking John on Glenn. Uh, and John Glenn. Um, so I, I, for, I forget, I always forget which, which was, which was first and which into space I, and which was the first to orbit between Glenn oh, and Shepard. Oh, I don't know. So yeah, Gagarin was first period, uh, into okay. space. Uh, but, but between Glenn and Shepard, one of them was the first to get into space. So basically matching the Gagarin achievement. And then the other was the first to actually complete a full orbit. So this is, uh, they're catching up. Uh, could it be that they're really catching up to tech from the 1950s or are they just taking a completely different approach here? So, um, well, like, w- was it something like the tech from the 1950s was just kind of like seat of your pants? We're just gonna do whatever we can do to get this guy up here, whereas they're trying to do something a little more sustainable. Y- yes that- and no. Uh, okay. So, so at the most basic level, the technologies are different. Um, those 1960s flights. Uh, uh, actually, I, I, I couldn't. I, I don't know off the top of my head whether Gagarin was in, in the late 50s. I believe it was in the 60s. Okay. Um, but well, but that, that era, uh, they were they were being flown in capsules. Uh, which which did uh, re-enter with with uh, 
minimal, uh, you know, uh, control and, uh, you know, kind of big tin cans and then crashed into either the ocean where they were picked up or I believe in the case of the Russians into the desert. Uh, both of these uh, cases are going to be landing their, their, their craft. Uh, in the case of uh, uh, Spaceship Two, um, which, which is the, the Virgin Galactic uh, Can I just aircraft. say, first of all, just for, on a branding thing, <laughs> Spaceship One was 15 years ago. They could, they, they're still working on Spaceship Two. Don't you think they would have moved on to like version three or four? Like, how many different iPhones have there been since then? I don't well, know. yeah. So, so <laughs> Sp- Spaceship Two, uh, and let me just double check my notes here to make sure I'm getting this right. Okay. Um, but yeah, so it is Spaceship Two. Um, okay. Uh, and and I, I think the. They, they would not have moved on from the Spaceship One design if it had not been for the uh, 2014 uh, crash that, mm. that resulted in a fatality of one of their test pilots right. that, that okay. resulted in a major uh, redesign. That's not to say they haven't made uh, minor and important changes to the design along the way, uh, but going from Spaceship One to Spaceship Two, I think, was a major redesign as a result Well, of well 2014, so that was a while ago, I feel like at the time, if I remember correctly, they were like, yeah, we're going to have our space tourism product industry uh, set up in like 18 months, two years, and then that setback happened uh people died i believe it was one person in flight one was it one on the grounds no or is it two on the I, I think they uh, had two yeah. test pilots on, on board oh, two per, perhaps pilots, and yeah. one was severely injured and the other uh was a fatality okay yeah and so this basically set back the industry six seven eight years yeah i, possibly I think it's, more. it's fair to say that uh they thought they were the point they were at then is about equivalent to where they were six to twelve months ago Okay. Um, given current progress. Okay. That, that they I had, mean, they'd, it, they'd had a, a, a person had flown on spaceship one, uh, into at least past that 50 mile mark. Um, so, yeah. so, so what the FAA determines to be space. Um, and, and so, so they, they had that to before, their credit that they, they like met the record, ago. but, yeah. but they never brought a passenger. Okay. It had only okay. been, I think when that happened, it was just the test pilot that right. was on board. So, so now they have a passenger and it, it's, it's, um, I hate to say this, but it's not surprising that in, in a, a project like this, you'll get some of these kind of catastrophes that occur from time to time. Yeah, so that, that was the other thing. Space I was is say so dangerous. Is, is that the technology is dramatically different? Uh, both uh, both vehicle types that we're talking about here are going to be uh, landing themselves. One, uh, so Spaceship Two is going to land uh, somewhat more similar to the shuttle in, as as a big glider, whereas uh, the the um, is, I think it's the New Shepard capsule uh, that that rides atop of the. Uh, the Blue Origin rocket that'll be landing uh, oh, wait, some, wait. more similar to the the style of what we've we've seen with the SpaceX rockets. But wait, wait, which Blue Blue Shepard? Who who is that? Is that Branson uh, or is that that's uh, so, so Bezos? Spa- yeah. Spaceship Two uh, is Branson, which, which is which is also referred to. So I, I think Spaceship Two is the design class, okay. and Unity is the actual vehicle. All right. Um. So so that that is what uh, Branson will be flying on. Okay. Um, okay. And and I believe New Shepard is uh, is the vehicle that uh, that Jeff Bezos will be flying on. Okay, so they're both doing it this month, and they're they're both of them are flying uh, are are going up in their own companies. Yes, they're both so, going wow. up as passengers. So it's sort of like it, it, it seems like. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's and they've got skin in the game here. Yeah, and 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 they are not going to be the first passengers on board. I believe uh, Spaceship Two has flown with a passenger. It was the the head of the uh, the Virgin Galactic astronaut program um, 
she flew with that. I, I think she was the first passenger. Uh, and uh, uh, I, I believe, uh, well, actually, I, I would have to double check if, if, uh, if the Blue Origin uh, spacecraft have flown uh, with, with passengers on, on board before. I believe they've had a manned test flight, but perhaps without passengers. Right. So to make this exciting, you know, the fact that, you know, you've got two of these billionaires going up in the same month, Elon Musk is, is yeah, he's, in he's the game nowhere as to be well. seen here. Uh, but, but he's in the game. But, you know, the, the media is framing this as a new space race. And it's probably given the egos of these people. I, I, lo- I mean, I love this, this quote uh, from, from Branson in, in, I think that was the Reuters article. Yes, it's honestly not a race, Branson told Reuters in an interview, if it's a race. And then I'm like, I'm going to read the rest of it in a second, but I love how he starts. It's not a race, but if it were a race, I'm about to win because I'm going two days. Uh, But uh, he said, if it is a race, it's a race to produce wonderful spaceships that can make uh, many more people be able to access space. And I think that's uh, both of our aims. I think what he's trying to say is that it's not the kind of race that you might have had, you know, between the United States and uh, the Soviet Union or something, trying for geopolitical reasons. But all of these, uh, all of these, all of these guys, uh, you know, want to be the first to get there. And they, uh, you know, look, if you're trying to launch a tech product, you, of course, you want to be first. Yeah, well, there's, most of the time, there's there's a lot of cachet to be had not here always. by by uh, hitting these targets uh, and and. Just as a side, saying it's not a race, but if it were a race, I'd be winning is is perhaps the most British way of stating that possible. <laughs> well, that's not that, literally I, what he said. I, I kind of filled in the I, line. I there. know, but it's right. you know, I, I'm too too much of a gentleman to say that that I'm winning this race. But if I weren't such a gentleman, that is precisely what I would say. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess so. It's it's like the equivalent of someone saying a gentleman never kisses and tells because hmm. uh, you don't say that when you haven't kissed and and desire yeah, not to tell unless you want to give off the impression <laughs> that you have. Well, which and and but. and both of these men. Um, uh, Branson somewhat more so than Bezos, yeah. but but they're both very well availed of PR. Um, but Branson has has more of a history of of both kind of PR stunts, but also uh, a history of adventuring. Um, you know, he he attempted to circumnavigate the world in a balloon, um, which uh, is is very Jules Verne. Hmm. Um, he's he's attempted to to set some uh, some I think it was crossing the Atlantic in a speedboat uh, records. You know, so he's yeah. he's done some of these these, you know, yeah. adventurer type things before. So this is not completely out of character for him, although he is much a much older man now than he was when he was doing that more frequently. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, um, all right, let's see what else you have here. So the Virgin Launcher, the, oh, for, first of all, uh, he, they're selling tickets here to, for, uh, for little space rides. So let's see how much. So he sold 600 flight reservations at a, a quarter million a ticket, $250,000. And hope it says here hopes to eventually slash the cost of each seat to forty thousand um, dollars. Another order of magnitude, and you're getting within the realm of commercial space flight. Right. So. Well, and and to be fair, uh, another source I saw said that while the while the uh, quarter million dollars for a seat is the is the current ticket rate, uh, there are expectations that as soon as this flight goes off safely, uh, which which knock on wood, uh, yeah. hopefully it does, yeah. uh, that they expect the price to double well, uh, in the short know. term. <laughs> By, by the time this goes out, people will know if it went off safely. Yeah, although, to, a, to, to be fair, uh, in spaceflight, it is not unusual for a launch to be scrubbed and delayed. So yeah. while it's scheduled for the 11th, um, it, I would not... I, 
I would not uh, take a, a significant bet against there being a slip in the schedule because when when safety of lives is at stake here, uh, there is a, a strong bias towards, you know, if the weather doesn't cooperate or if, if anything at all in the pre-flight check goes wrong, they will push that out until they have, yeah. have removed all of the variables from the equation. So I'm just going to push this episode and see what happens because I feel like people are smart enough to uh, figure it out given given where we are and given what, what happened. Um, Okay, so well, so you, you mentioned Virgin Launcher, which, yeah, which um, I'm just going to throw that out. So it's it's uh, it's related to Virgin Galactic. In fact, they used to be under the same corporate umbrella until they they split off a little bit because I believe Virgin Galactic actually went public uh, through a through a SPAC in the last year. Hmm. Um, but but Virgin Launcher is the side of the business specifically targeting uh, satellite launches, so not passenger launches. Um, it's using a very similar approach, which I don't know if we mentioned this, but um, so Spaceship Two is the actual vehicle that goes into space, but it does not launch from the ground like a rocket. It does not take off under its own power. It gets uh, it gets kind of uh, cantilevered under a, a large aircraft, which, which is actually a cool double fuselage design, um, which then takes off, flies up to, uh, I believe it's 45,000 feet, uh, and then releases the rocket, at which point they, they, you know, they separate from each other, and then it turns on the engines and flies the rest of the way into space. Hmm. Um, so... Uh, those those of you who are familiar with the rocket equation, uh, which I, I don't know how many of our listeners that is, but the so, so I'm only tangentially familiar with it. So you might as well, well go into I, I'm, it. So. I'm going to give the, the most or, simple approach yes, here. It's just yes. that that you burn the most fuel getting the first little bit off the ground, mm. and and the further up you get, the 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 less proportionally it takes. So they're so, having the, right. the airplane so my guess is, do that first heavy lifting right. up to basically the the upper bounds of the commercial flight realms. Uh, and that means that they can be much more efficient with the actual rocket-powered portion of the flight. So I'm thinking the reason for that is that, um, you know, first of all, you're, you're getting going, so you have momentum to get up. You have the, the at the bottom, you also have to, uh, you have to raise all the fuel that you're already, you're going to use later as well as the payload. So, um, yeah, that, 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 that sounds about right. Uh, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, yeah. so, it, so they're going to glide you up. It also means that they up. can take off yeah, and, so, and, and they're land skip from regular that. airports rather than yeah. uh, a, a, a typical rocket launch center. So, right. So now what, what about not, landing? So do they, land, do they have to reconnect so to I, the plane I believe, to land? No, I believe Spaceship Two lands uh, in the style of a glider, very, very okay. similar to how the space shuttle worked in that the space shuttle, except the space shuttle took off like a rocket and then it landed like an a airplane or a very large So glider. this goes on on the back of an airplane then launches from pretty high up. I, I think it's actually underneath the airplane. Oh, underneath but, but the airplane. Yes. So how does it go? How does it? How does it? Get so past it gets, the it gets released, <laughs> kind of like a bomb. Yeah. And and they they glide away from each oh, other. Oh, okay. And then okay. It turns on the rocket. All right. All right. All right. I was like, well, then how does it? How does it get above <laughs> that without pushing the airplane up? Okay, I see. Uh, <laughs> maybe it will help if we see. Not not like the video. space shuttle, which actually they when they move the space shuttle because frequently the space shuttle would launch from. Uh, Florida, and it would land out in California. Okay. Uh, so to get it back to the other side of the country, if necessary for launches, they would actually load that on top of a large airplane. I, I can't remember whether it was a 747 uh, or if it was a, a, a different Boeing aircraft, but but it would it would fly mounted on top of, which which is a bizarre con- looking configuration. Okay. Uh, oh, you have a little bit of you have a little bit some notes here saying that uh, you uh, have some personal connections. Oh yeah. So so a little disclosure. So. Uh, I, I do work, uh, part, part of my, my uh, professional work is in the space business. 
so a, a number of these companies I have uh, direct or tangential connections to. Um, I did some work a number of years back with the folks at, at what is now uh, Virgin Launcher, uh, trying to uh, integrate some, some network technology into their, their launch vehicle. Um, and, and I have a, a current professional relationship with fo some folks over at Blue Origin. Um, okay. So uh, d just closing that. <laughs> Um, but, and, and the, this, this private space business is, is kind of incestuous in a way that I, I have a number of classmates well, or people I've collaborated with who have worked at SpaceX, uh, Blue Origin, uh, uh, wait, Virgin Galactic, uh, and, so and also Strata Launcher. Who, so they, they kind SpaceX? of move all around. So, so SpaceX, uh, is, is Musk. Okay. SpaceX is Musk. Which is, which is not in this, this current launch batch and blue origin is is, is, bezos. is bezos okay that's gonna take a long time to keep yeah, all so, of these so the the other thing that we didn't mention yeah. uh in our kickoff here is that uh bezos taking this flight uh i think it's along with his brother and also one of the original mercury 13 uh female astronaut candidates uh this is in the wake of him stepping down from the ceo role at amazon um, and there's some speculation was was a major motivator for that move that he wants to be able to dedicate more of his focus to uh, this this competition with with Musk and I think I think if you ask uh, Musk and Bezos Branson is kind of a, a latecomer also ran he's not really competing in the same uh, the same. Wait, wait, who, market as who, them. Who are they talking about? So, so I, I'd say that's their opinion of Branson because he's going for right. this low. Even though he's been on in on this for a well, while. Yeah, he's been he's, doing this for like he, twenty years. He's, he's not a latecomer in that sense. He's absolutely yeah. had this 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 objective for a long time. But they're looking. They're both looking at okay, we're going to do some low Earth orbit and some tourism stuff. But our real objective is the heavy lift, heavy launch into uh, higher and, and further orbits. You know, talking about missions to the moon, possibly missions to other planets. Uh, that is very much uh, a focus of of their their capability suite. That is nowhere on uh, on Virgin Galactic's agenda, to my knowledge. Mm. Uh, they, you know, if if there's the opportunity for a hotel on the moon, I'm sure that that Branson will be uh, heavily invested in that. But he's 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 not pushing for moon missions anytime soon. What um, do these? Do any of these people have a a business model? Like, are they just going to sell tickets that you could be waitlist waitlist for ten seconds and probably um, you know, you're probably not going to be, uh, in good shape when you get up there to, you're going to be so discombobulated. You probably won't be able to enjoy it. Like yeah, well, the, what exactly are, are they are trying to get These are short flights. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think the tourism piece is going to remain that for a while. Um, there was some, some preliminary research work done by, uh, another billionaire. Uh, I think it was Bigelow, um, Bigelow airspace looking at setting up some sort of space hotel in orbit, um, which, which I think would be very much on brand for, for a collaboration with Branson. Um, but I think that's a ways off still. Yeah. Um, and, and, I mean, and this like stuff, I said, we uh, used to talk about this 15 years ago and it was yeah. like, well, this is a ways off, but by a ways off, I, I always thought, well, 15 years, we'd be a lot closer. <laughs> I guess we are a lot closer, but you know, um, still no specific, it's nothing, no specific product on the mass market scale or, or even, I mean, look, it's not going to be mass market scale for a while, but I mean, you don't even have, uh, a few, uh, extremely wealthy individuals, um, you know, going into uh, going into some kind of space hotel. But hey, maybe that could happen uh, in in the near future. What about that space elevator idea? I guess that wasn't going to happen for a while. Yeah, that <laughs> that's going to require some some dramatic materials breakthroughs still yeah, uh, okay. to to see if that that materializes. Oh, well, that would be better to get to the hotel, I think. Um, although well, we, none of this is uh, all of this is very uh, you know not. Not in the cards for the near future. Maybe in a hundred years. <laughs> well, Who knows? So, Maybe so I, I think 
the the tourism bit is is kind of a side gig, a publicity, maybe a, a way for 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 some additional income and, and kind mm. of a sustaining business. But the real cash cow right now, at least for uh, Musk and Bezos, uh, is commercial applications, not not uh, consumer applications. So, so selling to the national space agencies and to large corporations for the capability of putting things in orbit. So what what do you, what kind of things would you want to put into orbit, like well, satellites? So yeah, so that's 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 well, where the uh, that's where the, the Virgin orbit. Launcher is coming yeah. in uh, okay. with their Launcher One. They they can put satellites into low orbit. Um, both both SpaceX and and uh, and Blue Origin uh, are are aggressively pursuing that field. Um, I know that that uh, SpaceX uh, and Blue Origin were both big players in pursuing. Uh, the contracts for the the, the next lunar lander, um, uh, contracts that were were given to given to SpaceX, uh, but are currently being protested uh, by by the national team, which Blue Origin is part of. Uh, so the, they're they're going after the the uh, the government market uh, as as well as uh, commercial needs to put things in orbit. There is not as of yet a you know commercial industrial use for space. Nobody's. No private companies are setting up mining, you know, camps on asteroids or the moon. Uh, but that's that's the type of stuff they talk about in the medium to long term per, uh, perspectives. Right. There's always this idea that oh, you're going to uh, mine a space um, asteroid, and like there, yeah, or, there's, or always there's there's people there's saying significant like, helium stores, on, right. helium three on the moon that could be a major energy resource. Although yeah. uh, it's 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 a little bit of a self perpetuating thing that the uh, the, the most efficient use of that helium-3 on the moon would be for refueling rockets for going further. So it, it's not really a resource you would bring back to Earth necessarily. It seems like some people talk about mining precious metals in space, but yeah. it seems to me that at least for the time being, if you want more of those precious metals, it's going to be a lot more cost-effective to just get them here on Earth than to mine them in space. But who knows? Well, maybe it it depends on the scale you're talking about. Right. I mean, there, I, I feel like it was not that long ago they talked about a— uh, uh, an asteroid that they discovered that had, uh, you know, more, more gold on it than on the entire planet Earth. Right. Uh, and, you know, but, but getting it is, would be. Right, right. It's, it's, right now it is still non-trivial to. Uh, you can't to, literally just take the, and even, even if you can land there, you can't just take the whole thing down with you. You have to <laughs> probably get bits of it at a time and right. bring them back and then purify that. And, you know, who, who knows what, what you have to do. Well, so, so that, that brings the other piece of the equation in here, which is, uh, a lot of people have said this space race is stupid. It's a bunch of millionaires just, uh, you know, yeah. measuring their egos against uh, each other. Excuse me, billionaires. <laughs> Thank you for correcting me. No trillionaires yet, but they're working no. on it. Uh, which is which is not incorrect. That is definitely a piece of it. However, uh, there is a reason that we should be excited about this, other than just space is cool and we get to watch this. Right. Uh, it's it's that they are dramatically driving down the cost of putting things into space. And you may say, I don't care about space tourism. I, I don't care how much it costs to put people into space. Uh, but things that you use every day are, are influenced by the cost of putting things into space. Uh, as we mm. mentioned before, satellites. Um, you know, I, I think most it's of us... Communications. You know, it's, it's, it's huge for communications. Uh, your your uh, The cable television you watch, the internet you use, uh, the cell phone communication you do... Uh, it, it all has some tie-in to satellites at some point, you know, GPS hmm. signals. Uh, and so the, the cheaper they can do that, uh, the more effective that can be. Uh, and, and we don't need to get into um, the, the Starlink uh, uh, internet network right now, uh, but that's, that's uh, 
directly uh, tied into uh, SpaceX's mission that not only are they running it, but also their launchers allow them to put all those satellites into place. Uh, and there may be some interesting synergies they're planning to, to leverage out of there. Um, but the, the, the fundamental thing is that this is driving down the cost of moving things into space. So um, just as an example, I looked up some numbers before we were recording for what the cost to put things into low Earth orbit uh, would be and in, in current fiscal year 2021 20, uh, dollars. Uh, and so if you were to use the space shuttle, which, yes, the NASA space shuttle is retired, so you couldn't actually do it today, but when it was operating, uh, it would cost you $65,400 per kilogram to put cargo into orbit. Okay. Um, when the space shuttle went so. out of business, um, we, we shifted to, for all of our, our you know, moving personnel and equipment up to uh, the International Space Station, the U.S. government started contracting out to, uh, to Russia uh, to use their Soyuz spacecraft, which is, uh, you know, a... a a capsule-based system that, that dates back to uh, the USSR, uh, and that cost only uh, you know a, a dramatic uh, price decrease of seventeen thousand nine hundred dollars per kilogram. Um, so you know, dr dramatic drop there. Still the same order of magnitude, but but uh, several several multiples less. Uh, Falcon Nine, which is the current SpaceX launcher that they're using for moving not just cargo but also people up to the space station, because earlier this year they delivered a crew. Um, I think they've done that twice now. Uh, that costs only $2,600 per kilogram. So, so that's a, a full order of magnitude less. Uh, so, so that two, is the main... 2,600, so from like, what was it, from six from, from From over $65,000 a kilogram uh, to, 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 uh, to under 2,600. To under 2,600, sorry. Oh, yeah. God, the numbers. So, so that's, that's a huge decrease in, in cost. And that doesn't take into account things uh, like the fact that uh, with... With the, the reusable launchers, uh, they not only have the ability to deliver stuff to the space station, but they can also bring stuff back, uh, that they can turn these around, on, have them on the launch pad, you know, in a matter of, of weeks, if not days. Uh, there, there's major innovations happening there in the logistics chain uh, and, and the overall cost efficiency. Um, and so that is a huge development. Um, if you're at all interested in establishing a prolonged presence uh, on the moon or on Mars, or, or even just in orbit, uh, there's some cool scientific things that can be done if, even if we never go beyond low Earth orbit. Uh, having the, the cost to move cargo back and forth as low as possible is a huge gain there. Hmm. Um, so if we have to put up with some obnoxious egos to get there, I think that's a cost well worth paying. Well, sometimes obnoxious egos, you could channel them in an appropriate way. You can get some, some stuff done. Uh, it's, better than it's, it's better than the alternative because obnoxious egos are kind of uh, going to be there no matter what. Yeah, the, uh, the one person who's conspicuously absent from the space race is our friend over at, at, uh, at Facebook. Uh, and, and I think you're talking if, about Mark Zuckerberg, yeah, I, I think if well, Zuckerberg he the, got involved, he, he had the flag, you know, <laughs> he, uh, in the, uh, what was that? The, uh, oh, yeah, I should just, uh, take it out like this. It, it was like in the, um, his, his little 4th of July, jet ski? Uh, was it Instagram? It was or a Snapchat? way bigger flag than the one I had. It was like, woohoo, America. Okay. Yeah. So, so he is not involved in the space race to my knowledge. Um, but, uh, you know, may, may, maybe if he were to uh, to to follow in Bezos's footsteps and step down from Facebook and focus his efforts on on uh, another sector like that, that could improve his image dramatically. Or, or it may just be another reason to hate him. I, I don't yeah. know. Well, I mean, another one who's missing, uh, Bill Gates, you'd think would be into this. And I know Paul Allen has done some stuff in this area, although I, I am not too familiar with what. Right. I, I mentioned Strata Launcher uh, uh, earlier because I, I have a colleague who's working there now. Uh, but the, uh, I, I think... Is my from Paul Allen? 
or for, uh, so, so yeah, that, that was he was involved in that. Okay, um, and and I think they're much more along the lines of what uh, of of what uh, Virgin Virgin Launcher or uh, uh, I'm completely blanking on the uh, proper name for it now. Um, yeah, Virgin the Virgin Launcher business was was focusing on um, okay. that, that they they're doing a similar. I, I think it's launched from aircraft, but uh, you know, hypersonic to space, low orbit uh, vehicles. Okay. Uh, cool. So, and you also have something else written here about, um, supply missions, um, being uh, cheaper as well. Yeah. So these, these numbers are a little dated cause it goes back to 2018 when, when they last rebid it. We just talked about the price of putting something in orbits. This is the price of supplying. Right. So, so, so this is, this is looking at that on a, on a per mission basis for, for resupply flights to the ISS. Um, it, it, rather the, than breaking it down on a, a per kilogram basis, is the, does the ISS still around? I thought yep. it was. Yep. I thought it. Oh, I thought it was uh, falling. There, there's uh, still. I think it's it, it, at least <laughs> three astronauts, or, yeah. or well, a, no. a combination of astronauts and cosmonauts. It up was there. Mir that yeah, fell. Mir, Mir was. Space station I think Mir, Mir was was bought privately, but then eventually uh, was was deorbited. Yeah, and then it, it um, fell from the sky, right? Yep. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So the ISS is still in orbit. Uh, they're they're still, uh, you know. They, they, they have to make adjustments to it. They have to reboost okay. it occasionally, but it's still up there. All right. Very cool. Uh, okay. So uh, I think, um, well, there's a lot to think of on this, and thank you for, for uh, telling us more about it. I'm really interested in this, and, um, you know, who knows? Maybe one day uh, one of us will get into space. I don't know if uh, you'd be interested in going. Um, I, I certainly would think twice about it, but I would consider <laughs> it. Yeah, it's... It's something that I'd definitely be uh, be interested in considering. I mean, I, I did apply to the astronaut program once upon a time. Whoa! Uh, I, I I was rejected. I still I have that rejection letter in a folder somewhere. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I think it might be I a hard sell to, to the family. Oh yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> for, for the same reason I gave up uh, flying and skydiving, I, I I may not be able to uh, to go into space. Yeah. All right. So. Since we can't go into space, what is this? What's happening with this Slovakian flying car that I saw in the New York Post? Uh, probably not uh, nearly as uh, dramatic, uh, but uh, so apparently uh, there is this um, company that's coming out with a flying car based out of Slovakia, and um, it was on the news recently. It was just just the Post. I don't even think it made any. <laughs> I don't well, know I've, I've seen it mentioned so, in, a, in a number of places. So number I, of places. I don't know if okay. it's all being sourced from the same article. Or probably, not, probably. Anyway, they did an inner city flight from, uh, I, I don't know if I pronounced this, but from Nitra to uh, Bratislava. And uh, Bratislava is a little bit uh, east of uh, Vienna. Um, and so it's called a rotable aircraft. So it's not called a flying car. It's basically a a driving plane. It's a rotable aircraft. So... Uh, it sounds like you kind of just the wings kind of fold back and you, you're allowed to just drive it on the street or something like that. Right. Um, so, and as you point out, this is this particular car's first inner city flight, but this is not the first time a quote flying car, which is really just a small airplane, right, uh, has flown between cities. So, I mean, th- these things make the news uh, quite every so every few years. You get some something like this make the news, but is this something that like the average person could? theoretically used someday because it seems just insane to put this in the hands of uh you know say the same people who are driving particularly when i drive across the border in massachusetts here you don't <laughs> want those people uh i don't think you want those people from boston uh, up in the skies 
Yeah, so so this this actually uh, calls back to I think it was episode one sixty three where we talked mm. about flying cars, um, in, in particularly because of a uh, a, a law. Was oh, that the was the Jetson law. That was up here in New Hampshire. That, that was that was passed in, in New Hampshire. Um, I haven't seen any flying cars, by the way. <laughs> and, since then. and I I think uh, even if there are some out there, you're not going to see them anytime soon because exactly. there there are so few of them. Just it's it's kind of a base rate thing. But uh, yeah, so I, I on the one hand, this is exciting because more flying cars. Uh, I, I think I think this is a technology that that needs to be uh, needs to be debugged. You know, just just like the more companies are working on the self-driving car thing, uh, the closer we are to finding a, a, a right. viable solution. But that um, seems awfully close compared to this. Right. The, well. Yes and no. Uh, I, I think this is something that that if you have uh, a significant amount of disposable income, you will be able to go out and buy one of these in the next under five years. Hmm. Um, I, I think uh, so. So. Part of the reason that I, I, I caveated this, this, this story that it's, it's a little misleading, uh, they are technically correct when they say flying car completes first intercity test flight. Uh, what they didn't say is uh, flying car completes the first intercity test flight because it is the first intercity test flight for this particular type of flying car. So, so correct in that so sense. Other cars, uh, but but other flying cars have completed intercity test flights, uh, notably in the U.S. Uh, Terra Fugia. Um, they they uh, earlier this year in January they got their their uh, that's a cool their light plane. sport aircraft or light Sorry, sport car. airworthiness I, certification. Yeah, I don't know whether to call it a plane or a car. Yeah, so so again they they are very much they they are certified as an airplane, but mm. uh, the objective is to get it dual certified so that you can also drive it on the road. Um, gotcha. And uh, and and these are going to be you know right right now a a general aviation you know a uh, uh, private aircraft your your entry level is is looking you know. You could go real cheap uh, and and get one for under 100k, uh, but if you want something new, manufacture you're looking at like quarter of a million. Um, and right. and these are are in these quarter to half million band, I think, for for the type of investment you'd be making. Okay. Um, but but unlike a fully autonomous self-driving car, I think you can actually go out and do that in the next couple of years. Here, um, are you going to see the roads full of them? I, I don't think so. Well, in, especially in, since they in fly. The next decade. I don't think well, any of yeah, them should be on the road. Nor are you going to be looking up in the sky and seeing them anytime <laughs> soon either. Yeah. Whereas, whereas when the breakthrough happens so, with self-driving cars, I think there's going to be an explosion of them on the streets. So, so I don't, do you know how the answer to this question? Are you supposed to drive these things um, like above the existing highways? Or are you supposed to drive in current flight paths near yeah, where so, the regular so these, airplanes these, go? These are, when they're in the air, yeah. they're treated as aircraft. And when okay. they're on the road, they're treated as as, as automobiles. So uh, if I'm coming and, up... And these are not, yeah. uh, not vertical takeoff and landing. So you have to drive to an airport to take off oh. and then land at another airport. And then you I can see. drive off in them. So so I, I think we talked about it a little bit the last time. This, this avoids the need of, I'm going to get in my private airplane and fly to another airport. And then I need to rent a car to get around in the city. Yeah. And then, you know then I can fly back home and then get in my car and drive to my house. Yes. Right. So even if you're, even if you're uh, um, traveling in style these days, you still have to have several different steps. And I always find it uh, very um, luxurious almost whenever I cut out a step. Like getting a car here, I cut out a step to a lot of public transportation. It makes things a lot easier. Here, you could drive to an airport. I could even drive to a, a small private airport, which... You know, it's not like driving to the major airport. You could drive probably close by right. for a lot of these things and then take off and then go where you want to go. Although you probably need some training on how to uh, fly it. Although <laughs> I people do that. People people learn that yeah, stuff well, and, all the time. And the other thing about this, this uh, light sport uh, airworthiness certification, it is, it is a... 
uh, a class of, of aircraft and a, uh, I believe a class of license, which is, uh, if not easier to achieve, easier to maintain. I, I know uh, with, with a lot that, of private a driver's pilots, license. Well, well, certainly than a driver's license, but even compared to a regular private pilot's license, um, because so, okay. one, one of the one of the things about a private pilot's license is it requires you to have a uh, periodic medical examinations to maintain your airworthiness, uh, and uh, pilots, like like many uh, many hobbies, are an aging group, uh, and when you hit a certain age, it becomes more and more difficult to maintain that. Whereas the requirements for a light sport aircraft uh, license uh, are less rigorous. So, uh, targeting this 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 uh, specific band of, of aircraft means that, that not only are they, uh, is it easier to certify for that from the aircraft slash vehicle manufacturer perspective, but also that it's easier for prospective pilots to get and maintain their certification. So, so one of the fun, funny things I've found about moving here to New Hampshire is that now I drive to the supermarket, which is like the same distance as the supermarket was in Brooklyn where I walked. But I don't think, but uh, now I'm picturing just like, why don't we just fly there? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Well, if, if right. you had a drone or a helicopter and you were able to, you know, just take yeah. off on the roof, that, that wouldn't be so ridiculous. Yeah, I guess which, so. Which is, I, I think that's part of the appeal. Like you were saying, the more steps you can cut out, if you can do door to door with minimal transitions, that's yeah. attractive. Even if, if this particular uh, vehicle is not really going to accomplish that a, a for the masses drone. in a reasonable way. A detachable drone to like look ahead or to um, pick things up. Um, I'm just coming up with ideas here. All right. So look, maybe I'm not taking this as seriously as it should be taken, uh, but <laughs> it'd be cool to have it one day. Uh, it says here at the end, the prototype cost about 2.3 million. That doesn't really mean much because prototypes are, are, you know, a, a prototype for a new car could cost millions and then they, they get the cost down when they mass produce it. Um, so yeah, no, it's just, it's, it's really interesting stuff. Maybe we will, um, get off the ground in the future and in many ways, whether it's space or in, uh, in some kind of Jetsons like flying car, we're still waiting. Aaron, any, uh, any last thoughts uh, before we wrap up for today? Uh, I'm going to be eagerly watching to see the results from the, the billionaire space race. Yes. Uh, and, oh. and also watching to see how that trickles down. To the there is, I, I, well, I'm not going to announce the live stream because by the time this goes out, the live stream is, is over, but there is a live stream, I believe on, uh, just in case it's, um, it's, uh, is, is this stream? the one that Colbert is going to be hosting? Colbert is hosting this. I, I, I saw something about that. No, don't quote me on it. Okay. Well, anyway, I, I will look up the live stream for the um, Virgin uh, Virgin Galactic launch on Sunday, or if it doesn't happen Sunday, it'll happen after. I'm sure there'll be one for Bezos as well. Uh, so um, yeah, this is exciting. I always like watching this stuff. All right, uh, great. I think that's that's all we have for today. Uh, next, oh, there's so many things I could talk about next no, week. I, I, I yeah. got it right here. We'll include the link in, in the episode. But yes, Stephen Colbert will be hosting the Virgin Galactic live stream of the launch. Okay. Flight. Oh, but that will be over by the time this comes out. But uh, all right. Well, good enough. Uh, and I'll also try to find one for Bezos as well. Um, all right. What do we have the next couple of weeks? I'm going to try to do maybe a solo show. You could join me. I, I um, you, you mentioned I, you were going to talk a little bit about some of the things that you, uh, you discussed up at the Pork Fest. Oh, yes, yes, yes. There's a lot of kind of... Um, uh, interest, interesting things in terms of uh, sort of uh, political theory, I guess. Well, we talked last week about uh, 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 about ranked choice voting, and it turned out that Eric Adams did 
win that. So um, that we already kind of analyzed that uh, to death. So definitely check out next last week if you're interested in that. But um, sort of the idea of constitutions in general, and also like the um, the idea of what, how you set up the game, and it's not just for government, but for any organization, like in a, in a corporation too, or, or in crypto, like how you set up the rules of the game, uh, I think is a very important uh, to how how the game turns out. And so that's um, that's a, a design uh, project in and of itself. So I do want to talk more about uh, that kind of thing. Where, where I'm already thinking about set up the uh, rules of decision making, callbacks to some of the things we discussed in the context of uh, Coinbase and Basecamp, and how they set up the rules for uh, running their companies, and that affected outcomes. Right, right. So in there, it's not like a specific. Oh, uh, person A gets to decide this, and person B gets to decide this. It's more like a, a cultural thing, but that's important too. So. Um, we can we can continue with that as well. All right. So, Exciting. Yeah, yeah, lots of stuff. Um, definitely check out the locals, maximum.locals.com, and talk to us. Aaron, thank you for being so uh, so uh, involved in that group, and uh, and we have some good discussions on there. Uh, and also the website, localmaxradio.com. All right. Have a great week, everyone. That's the show. To support the Local Maximum, Sign up for exclusive content and their online community at Maximum.Locals.com. The Local Maximum is available wherever podcasts are found. If you want to keep up, remember to subscribe on your podcast app. Also, check out the website with show notes and additional materials at LocalMaxRadio.com. If you want to contact me, the host, send an email to LocalMaxRadio at gmail.com. Have a great week. Feel the power.